It's week six in the National Football League, and this is Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. Hope you're having a great week, everyone. Thank you for spending part of it with us. My name is JB Long, and I've got three guests with me today to break down the Carolina Panthers and the Los Angeles Rams coming your way from SoFi Stadium on Sunday. Let's start with staff writer Stu Jackson, live from the team facility. Good morning, Stu. Morning, JB. I'm excited for another home game, back-to-back home games here in uh, with uh, week six, and uh, looking forward to seeing how the Rams uh, prepare and take on the Panthers this weekend. What are you drinking over there, Stu? What do you got? <laughs> what, because of the optimism or something? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just talking about your, your morning coffee. I heard you oh. run. Oh, I got you. Uh, it's it's just straight straight black. I, I don't put anything in it. All right, let's go over to Erica Tamposi, who I also saw sipping on a little something. Oh, you know I start my Between the Horns morning episode taping with a cup of coffee, always. (laughs) Homebrewed? Or did you go out and get something? No, JB, we've talked about this during training camp. We are a Nespresso family, so you got to do it at home. you got to do it at home. Erica, I know you and I have talked about this. I just That's thought you bring the rest of the Ramley into the conversation. See, you're see such a professional. Here am I. Like, so for those that don't know, JV Long and I, we've talked a lot over the summer about our Nespresso pod choices, which ones yes. we like, which ones we don't. Um, you you like more of the, the smaller espresso shots one? I, I get a full cup. All right. All right. <laughs> Who's laughing in the background? DeMarco, you, you haven't even been introduced yet. You can't make noise yet. Oh, this, this is great. I love it. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, Erica, <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and document all the other private conversations we've had for the benefit of our audience, shall we? Yeah, you want to? I actually have them written down wow. um, right here. I can pull them out. Oh, look at her. <laughs> Keep in notes. <laughs> I'm working uh, all morning with DeMarco, so I don't need any caffeine, right? My no friend? doubt. Let's go, man. Absolutely. Straight up Keurig brand, whatever this is, whatever my wife made, this is it. Going in. Absolutely. Straight DeMarco, up uh, how, how would you feel if I term this week not a must win because it's only week six and it's only October and you're only a game back of the 49ers, but I cannot lose given the state of the Panthers and the state of the Rams. You good with that? I I think I like that. Aren't they kind of the same, though? Must win and cannot lose? Kind of the same thing, right? Splitting hairs? Distinction without a difference? Yeah, Yeah, I see where you're going. Uh, Look, um, you're below 500. Um, This doesn't happen often in the Sean McVay era. Uh, Two weeks in a row, Matthew Stafford has been beaten up a little bit. So, yeah, this is one where you've got to show and prove just to get back to 500, number one, and you've got to back some of these teams off you. You really do. Public perception is 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 falling right now. So I, I'm right there with you. This is a can't lose at home. You need to show your home base uh, what you're all about, and you're ready to defend this championship. Erica, three and three going into the bye would feel a whole lot better than the last couple of weeks have. Oh, absolutely. This bye is coming at the at the perfect time, really. At first, I was like, ooh, the Rams get kind of an early bye, which sometimes doesn't end up so favorably for a team. And the like, statistics have showed that the later the bye, the better the team can sort of move into the to the postseason. But I am very thankful that it is coming right now. God bless you, Stu. I mean, that mic is so sensitive, it didn't even pick up your sneeze. Or were you dabbing? Were you dabbing on us? Is that, is yeah, that you're like, yes. Just a just a small cough. That's all. Okay. Oh, gotcha. 
I don't ever want to see Stu Dab. Never, never. <laughs> and you never will, believe me. <laughs> uh, but, but Coach Jackson, it's not just that the Rams are two and three. I think that's hard to stomach, sure. But that's not what I think is bothering us and bothering the fan base right now. It's the underlying metrics, especially on offense, that make you feel the two and three. Am I wrong? Yeah, certainly. It's it's. There's been you know repeated questions about you know what can be done to get Allen Robinson more involved. And in general, like you mentioned, you know, how can this offense get fixed? A lot of talk about problem solving mode this week. Um, and part of that, too, it, it turns out in, it involves potentially uh, the left guard and, and center positions. You know, obviously, the uh, offensive line has has owned their performance, knowing that it needs to be better than it has been the last two games. And to that point, Rob Havenstein, uh, team captain, obviously the uh, leader of that room, said they had a closed door players only meeting to to kind of, uh, you know, air, air out their, uh, you know, grievances, if you will, and, and just kind of talk through what's been happening. And so between all of those things, uh, you know, I think it's needless to say important for them to, you know, get back on track here in, in week six. And along those lines, I actually wanted to ask you, DeMarco, I don't know if you've been a part of any of those types of meetings in your career, but is that what when you hear that or or you know see that um you know what's your reaction and what does that say about the accountability and ownership being taken oh several several i've been a part of a mutiny once uh, it was put down fast but yeah we we tried um they're never a good thing and uh you know and i've tried to organize a few in, in my career and uh, you do it with the best of intentions but what you wind up doing is alienate alienating your coaching staff because it's like you're kicking them out of the room. So you think the problem might be them, or at least that's what they think. So uh, it's never a good thing. Um, you never have players-only meetings when things are going well, unless you're planning you know, parties or whatnot. So uh, I'm glad the offensive line has owned the, what has happened uh, the last couple of weeks. Well, how can you run from it? It's right there on video. Everybody sees it. Uh, the, the entire NFL-loving world sees it, and your next opponent saw it. So... I'm glad Rob Hamilton, as a captain, got his group together, but let's hope that translates into better play up front, better protection for Matthew Stafford, because the big question is, how do you get Allen Robinson involved? Well, number one, keep your quarterback upright. Give him time to throw. Maybe you'll have a chance to uh, extend that playbook. But, yeah, players-only meetings, too, to, to answer your question, never, ever a good thing. So let's hope there's a positive result from it. DeMarco, on Monday when we spoke with Sean McVay, it felt like some performance-based changes might be coming. Uh, he had one bone in particular to pick with the offensive line. Look, they faced some ferocious pass rushes in San Francisco and home against Dallas the last couple of weeks. Uh, but the self-inflicted injuries are the ones that he can't tolerate. And it might be time to make a switch at, at certain positions. Well, I don't know where you go, though. I mean, some of that stuff was in protection where you slid the wrong way and you gave Dallas a free run right to your quarterback. That's the stuff that would drive him nuts. Uh, if you get beat physically, you can handle that. I mean, he gets paid, too, the guy on the other side. But when, when you're just giving Dallas or giving San Francisco or giving the opponent a, a pathway to the quarterback that just blows up everything, that's the stuff that coaches can't stomach. But I don't know who you bench or who you bring in. Um, I think you have to get better with the guys you have. And, look, you're struggling on the offensive line. So it may be on the coaching staff, Sean McVay in particular, to simplify what you're doing. Um, maybe take away a few check with me's, stay with the play on the line of scrimmage, even if it gets blown up. But the last thing you want is a lot of miscommunication to where your quarterback is, you know, suffering because of that. To DeMarco's question, Stu, where do they go next? Where do they turn? Well, they're going to have to turn somewhere. They're in line to start their six different offensive line combination in as many games this week. 
Yeah, with with Sean McVay saying that they're still working through what each of those positions will look like on game day, that makes me wonder about the uh, potential use of Matt Skura, a veteran who they uh, signed to the practice squad and later uh, to the active roster, of course, and, as well as uh, Ode Abushi. You know, those are two guys that both have a lot of experience, um, both veteran signings to the practice squad. And so, uh, you know, do you use them, uh, you know, O'Day at guard and, and perhaps Matt at, Matt at center if you feel like a, a change is necessary? You know, obviously that's to be determined and we'll see that, what that looks like on Sunday. But that's sort of what's at the top of mind for me is, as I think about, you know, what potential changes get made and, and if, you know, if they're continuing to work through that, what, you know, McVay might do. Not to jump in, but Skura's got 65 starts, right, in his career at center yes. or along the offensive line. Just just throwing think, it out there. I mean, look, I think last week was an inexperienced center that got taken advantage of. That's fair, right? Last two I, weeks. Last two weeks. So I think if you have an, a more experienced center that can at least communicate, handle protections, that might be an area where you can make a switch there. But how fast is he up to speed? We don't know. Eric, we need some good news here. Let me interject some. There's only one team ahead of the Rams in the NFC West, and those Niners are going to be here in two weeks. The other two teams are also two and three, and they play head-to-head this week, Seattle and Arizona. And to layer on a little bit, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that the Rams are playing potentially the worst team in the league this Sunday. Uh, and Knock on wood. Cer- almost <laughs> certainly their most beatable opponent on this schedule. Knock on wood. By- Led by an interim head coach and quarterbacked by, I think it's fair to describe Carolina's number four option at quarterback coming into this season. Knock on wood. Okay. I'll, I'll stop <laughs> there. Knock on wood. <laughs> you just you just never know any given Sunday. I'm just knocking on wood to just make sure we're all covered here. Joe. You're right. After, after the uh, winless New York Jets came to SoFi a couple years ago and forfeited their right to draft Trevor Lawrence, I will never again in this league take any Sunday for granted. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying in a season in which very few things have broken the Rams way so far, this one is teed up for them to get right. Absolutely. I mean, PJ Walker has only had two starts. Um, This, this Panthers team, you know, they have Steve Wilkes as their Mm -hmm. coach now who the Rams have some history with when he was the head coach for the, for the Cardinals for a year. Um, yes. Is this coming at the possible best time? It really, truly does feel like it. Does it feel like this is the game where the Rams offense can really, really click where the defense who hasn't let more than three touchdowns and 183 plays happen. So they're playing great. Is this their move to really sort of put a stamp on a game? Absolutely. Do I, do I think that coming out of a strong, hard win this coming Sunday into a bye because the next game we have the 49ers, then the Bucks, then New Orleans. It is it's going to be a long, long stretch. So yes, like you said, this is a must not lose to go into the bye, refresh. Some people will come off from injuries. Like this is really breaking the right way for the Rams. DeMarco watching those Christian McCaffrey highlights, I'm reminded of just how tall a task it can be, even against the Carolina Panthers. He's uh He's the East Coast Cooper Cup to me in terms of his mm. usage rate, his uh, share of the pie offensively for the Panthers. He's a bad dude. He, he really is. Uh, watching him run the football traditionally, taking handoffs and diving up the middle. He's so quick at when he 
diagnoses blocks and makes you pay for for overcommitting. And he's dangerous out of the backfield. You know, I was really hoping that it would be Baker Mayfield this week because he's so erratic, and I, I think that's it's fun to watch him get flustered out there. So. You know, when you bring in a guy like P.J. Walker who's got nothing to lose and with a football team that's got nothing to lose, they're going to let it all hang out. They're going to have fun on game day. So I, I hope the Rams can match their enthusiasm. But Christian McCaffrey is a problem for just about anybody, but uh, specifically for a team that's, I guess, dare I say, struggling to stop the run? Is that fair to say? I mean, the- I have to based on what Dallas just did, right? Or no, I should I, say this. I should say struggling to tackle. How about that? Uh, in a few isolated situations the last couple of weeks, sure. Um, but right now, to me, the defense is the strength of this team, and the run defense is the strength of the Rams' defense, if that makes sense. They're, they're a top-five run defense in terms of efficiency, and they're a top-ten defense overall. I'm not saying don't blame the defense. I'm not saying there aren't things the defense can and will do better. But right now... It's, this is not on them. No, I, but I would say, look, the, the offense kind of hamstrung the defense, and you kept the, the run game viable for Dallas for four quarters. That's where you don't want to be against a team like the Dallas Cowboys, when they can run it 12 times in the fourth quarter. They're just going to wear you out. So, But I think the run defense can be better, and it's going to have to be with a guy like McCaffrey. I, th- I think that's the point because, like you said, this guy can control clock either between the the tackles or outside the tackles or in the passing game. So you're going to have to rally to this guy, and you just can't miss tackles in the open field. Uh, Stu, take this in whatever direction you want, but the defense last week gave up 13 points in in my counting. I'm subtracting nine for the defensive touchdown and the block punt field goal uh, to start. At San Francisco on Monday Night Football, I've got them for 17 points. I'm subtracting the, the seven for the defensive touchdown. And at Arizona in week three, as we know, 12 points, and they did not surrender a touchdown. By the way, all three of those games without a takeaway. Uh, so those are true defensive stops. They're not capitalizing on offensive miscues, per se. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there, JB. I think, and so to Marco's point, too, I think what's really just been affecting them is those unfortunate and untimely explosive plays like what, what DeMarco was probably referring to or alluding to, like uh, Tony Pollard's 57-yard touchdown run that he had last Sunday. And so, uh, you know, they're doing everything they can to to keep this team in, in this game. Um, you do need to start seeing more takeaways, I think. But uh, when those come, of course, too, the offense needs to start capitalizing as well. But, um, again, going back to your point, they are doing, even without those takeaways uh, showing up yet, they're still doing what they can to put – uh, the offense in a good position and, and also the team overall in a good position to win these games. Interesting. DeMarco, the other thing that came up in our conversation with Sean on, on Monday, uh, speaking of usage rate, is he's kind of between a rock and a hard place, scratching and clawing to keep this team above water and, and above 500. Uh, and, and I do believe that their best football is ahead of them and that they're going to be in contention into November and December. My concern is the way that Stafford and Higby and Cup are peeling themselves up off the turf in the fourth quarter of games recently. Um, they got to be there in the end, right? And and if if they can't protect themselves right now, I, it's a tough ask. But the coaching staff needs to find a way to protect them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the only one that you have to depend on other people is for Matthew Stafford. I mean, the offensive line, tight ends, running backs, everybody. You you're all involved in protection of the quarterback. But you know, Cooper Cup, even uh, uh, Sean McVay mentioned um, 
it may be time to spell him sometimes, like even on the sideline, not just hide him within a play and throw it to someone else. You might need to pull him out for a little bit. That means guys like Tutu Atwell have to step in and play big roles. Brandon Powell uh, can't be just the gadget guy. You're going to have to go play some receiver. Uh, even Tyler Higby, look, I'm glad he's getting some reinforcements. Uh, I thought the plan this year was not to play him so much, and here we are, the guys being an Iron Man again. So at some point, at his age and his usage, that could be dangerous. You missed him in the Super Bowl last year, so I think some of that is going to have to change. Even on the defensive side, I saw Aaron come out a few times. Now there's a guy, look, that is your pass rush outside of him and Bobby Wagner. So when he comes out, things change a little bit, but... The last thing you want is to start losing your stars, the guys that are carrying you because you're using them too much. So it's time for depth, guys. Time for some of that vaunted coaching we keep talking about to step forward and getting some of these young guys ready to play just to take reps off the stars. Yeah, Cooper Cup and Tyler Hibby each averaging more than 60 snaps per game through five games this season. And they're not just out there running routes as decoys. I mean, they are being targeted and tackled on so many of those reps. And as we know, Matthew Stafford has been sacked more through five games uh, than he has at any other point during his career. So he's been peppered. Uh, There is an interesting nugget that ties into Taylor Swift that I saw courtesy of uh, your Twitter feed, Erica, if you care to share that with us. Oh my God. Absolutely. So DeMarco, I know you already know this because you're a huge Swifty, but um, I was going through the, the NFL research packet yesterday and I saw this stat that that's, you know, that kind of stuck out to me. It says Stafford has been sacked 21 times in 2022. The most ever, like you just said, um, JB, by a starting QB who won a Super Bowl the previous season in their first five games. The last time that this happened or the previous most sacked quarterback was 19 times by Joe Montana in 1989. That year, the 49ers went on to repeat as Super Bowl champions that season. And I wrote, also, 1989, Taylor Swift's arguably best album. Let's fight it out down in the comments. Let me know. I think 1989 is one of her best albums, so I think it's a sign. And I think that this stat just proved that the Rams are are set to repeat. 1989, Joe Montana, 89, Taylor Swift. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I think. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Remember, remember that thing about off, you know, off-camera conversations? You didn't have to yeah. tell the world I'm a Swifty. You know, that was just my God. You. It's so yeah. I know that's how we connect. But you guys, I'll I'll tell you, lift, you know, pull back the kimono. DeMarco is blasting See, Taylor Swift all, this all tough the time. Guy stuff, all this tough guy stuff. You're ruining it. It's you're all it facade. It's all facade. <laughs> DeMarco, I think we all expect and hope that the Rams will protect their quarterback better this week. But the other way you can do it besides the five up front is with game and time and score circumstance, right? Like they need some more favorable situations where they can protect Stafford by handing the football off, even though their running game has not yet gone on track. Unfortunately, they've spent the better part of their season so far chasing scores. Well, I'm glad you mentioned handing off. Okay. Hand off to who, which one, Daryl or Cam? That's a great question, right? And Daryl did get a carry. It just got called back. So he but did they were, the football. Yeah. But they were skewed heavily in Cam Akers' favor. And believe me, we've seen the screen grabs of the lane that he missed and the holes oh. that he's not seen. Why that reaction, DeMarco? Because it was huge. I mean, it was huge out to your left. I mean, you wonder from a, like a, a couch – a, court, a couch quarterback, like, how can you miss that? But in the game, it's it's different. So, But, look, you've got to get some production in the running game. And you've got two good running backs. So I, I think it stands as a reason that Daryl Henderson will get some carries. 
versus Carolina. And this is a defense, like you said, that lacks killers up front. Uh, I like Brian Burns. He's a guy that can burn you off the edge, uh, no pun intended. But I think this is a defense where you should be able to run effectively and throw off play action and have enough time to throw from a seven-step drop. So maybe all that Allen Robinson stuff, maybe running Daryl Henderson, maybe that stuff comes to fruition this Sunday uh, in SoFi. All right, let's uh, share the pie here a little bit. Erica, Stu, give you guys a chance for a final thought before we turn our attention to Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I want to jump on kind of what what we were talking about earlier about how this buy is sort of coming at the at the perfect time. And when we look at everything that that we've circled for this Carolina Panthers team, I just this is a middle of the pack defense when the Rams have faced the Bills, the Niners, the Cowboys front like we've talked about. So like I said, and on Ricky's Ram Jam this week, I had Mark Sessler from the Around the NFL podcast on, and we gave predictions for this week, and we looked into the crystal ball, and Mark Sessler looked in, and he goes, I think this game is when Stafford throws four touchdowns, and Allen Robinson will have two of them. And wow. this is the game against the middle-of-the-pack defense. Finally, isn't this crazy front? And I'm going to double down, and I, I think that happens as well. Shameless self-promotion. And it feels so good. You got him. You got him. Stu? I, I think for me, it's, uh, you know, taking advantage of this to try to get right before the bye week. As, as Erica said, you know, knock on wood, certainly uh, not looking past the Panthers in any way. And, and it's a team you, you do not want to take lightly, especially playing under a new head coach. But uh, you need some momentum going into the bye week, which – Again, is is earlier than we're used to. Normally, it's you know roughly the midway point, or at least it feels like it has been in the McVay era. So, uh, a win would go a long way for not only some positive momentum into the bye week, but I think would also be helpful coming out of it too, and for the rest of the season. Demarco, I think there's a chance that the three teams that have beaten the Rams are all not only playoff teams, but three of the best in the National Football League. Which is not to excuse the losses. Uh, for the most part, they have not been that competitive. Uh, but I think for the Rams to get back into the ring where they're capable of beating the Bills, the 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, um, they need reinforcements and, and they're on the way. But can you hang in long enough to get back to that opportunity? I think so. Yeah, I, th- I thought San Francisco was competitive. They were there until the pick six, right? I thought Dallas, they were hanging in there. There was an opportunity there. Just uh, Dallas closed the door on you and then closed you out. I thought Buffalo was the only one where they kind of ran you off the field. But there's, there's a lot of positives, and like Stu said, like we've all been saying, get back in the positive, get some positive momentum by beating Carolina, heading into the bye, and then let's see what happens versus San Francisco. Not going to be easy, but that is a team you beat for the biggest game of the year right? to, to go to the Super Bowl to win that one. So uh, it, everything is possible for the Rams, but you've just got to figure out how to protect your quarterback first and foremost. Uh, without that, look, we're just whistling Dixie. And your punter. And your punter. Oh, my God. And your punter. Come on, man. Really? Well, you knew Bones had something. You knew Bones. He's either going to be a fake or he's going to show you where you're weak. And I think he absolutely exploited that. Jody Camillus had something for him, too. His name's Jake Javos. How about that? Yes, sir. I know. And guess who we're facing this week? Mr. Johnny Hecker. Johnny Hecker. Oh, so get ready for something sneaky again. Johnny Hecker, Corey Littleton, Austin Corbett, some former Rams back in the Rams' house this week. Hope you will be, too. Looking forward to seeing you at SoFi Stadium. 
Week 6, the Carolina Panthers and your Los Angeles Rams. For Eric Astu and DeMarco, I'm JB Long. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. This has been Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers.